So this week, um, we're going to look at something that uh, we here at the church hold very near and dear to our hearts, um, <clears throat> and that is the idea of community, um, the truth, really, of community, and what that looks like as a body of believers. That was just a small glimpse of some of the stuff that's happened in the life of our church over the last couple of weeks, seeing those pockets of kids gathering together in community, seeing us as a church watching Jeremy Norwood fall down with multiple other men who fell down. If you missed it, it was awesome. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to dive into this conversation of community and why it's so important. Um, and, and I don't think that I can do the conversation justice like you can. So uh, we probably should have sold popcorn this morning because it's going to be a lot of videos this morning. You can kick back in your nice new comfy rows where you got lots of leg room now. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to hear some stories of community and why it's so important. And one of the reasons that we do this uh, is, is because God calls us to, and Scripture models it. We're going to look at three main verses, uh, and, and they're the theme of, of this entire message today that our church family is going to tell us. And that message is the call to be disciple-makers. And, and this is important because we're all pushed into this commissioning by Christ and then equipped by him as well. We're not called to just be convert makers. That's important. But we're called to walk in life together all the time. Here on Sunday mornings in groups around the church, you have a little handout. And this is just a glimpse of the things that we do to provide community. You see, the church's one of the church's roles is to help give you environments to, to provide space for you to be in community. And you can see this is, this is from children all the way up through adults. People in community all over our church. And you're going to hear some of those stories this morning. But that, that right there, that community, is what we see in Scripture. And so the Scriptures are going to be up on the wall. And we're going to, we're going to actually read through all of them all at once. And then what's going to happen is as we look at these videos and we hear the stories of the people in our church, these things are the, the things that are highlighted in those conversations. The first one is Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and it says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I, I want to point something out. Scripture doesn't necessarily uh, uh, directly tell us to go be disciples. Scripture tells us to go make disciples. And the outflow of the doing of that, of, of walking in Christ's likeness, we become better disciples. But the commissioning from Christ is go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So our thoughts on community, the way that we dig into community, not just in community groups, that, because that is, this isn't just a promo for that, but in bringing Christ followers together and in also sending them is completely out of this call. And then we see that call modeled out. So in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we have this three-legged stool that we kind of look at when we look at community. The first one is grow in Christ. That, that we should be growing in a place for, of our knowledge of Jesus so that we can be more Christ-like. And we see that here. They were gathering together to hear the apostles' teaching on Christ. And the other part of grow that we see in community is they were growing in relationship with each other. They were growing to know each other better, take care of each other, which leads us into the second of our three-legged stool, which is care. They took care of the needs of those around them. In, in the early apostles' church, it was very communal. They would care for each other as they saw need. You heard Beth just share a story of a, of a family who couldn't get to bother on their own. And the family said, we'll care for that. We'll take care of that need. And look what happened. Jesus spoke to that kid. The Holy Spirit moved in that kid's heart and he got to the, he or she, I can't remember, got to the foot of the cross and now has a saving relationship with Jesus. Cared for the needs of others. And the final one is serve. And Acts chapter 6, 1 through 7 says this. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists. Let me, let me explain who the Hellenists are. So this is a body of believers. They're all Christ followers, but almost all of them come from a Jewish background. They, they were worshiping in that religion. And now they're converts to Christianity. And you had two main groups. You had the Jews who were of Hebraic or Hebrew descent. These were the normal Jews. And then you had the Hellenists. These were of Greek descent. They mostly spoke Greek. They may not have even spoke Hebrew. So in, in, a, in a larger environment of community, they sometimes felt like the outsiders. And here's what happened. A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Prominius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. They saw the need, and it needed to be cared for, and they had someone among their people, their community, who were willing to serve. There's a big word in there, it's the table servant, it's diakonos, and, and what that means in our language is deacon or deaconess. But here's the deal, we're all called to that sort of service of the needs of others. And, and here's just a tidbit of wisdom from the apostles as they saw their community growing and knew how to care for them because they had that relationship. They knew that the best people to set out over this group, these seven men, they were all Hellenists. 
They knew their people well enough in relationship. They knew how to care for them that they said, listen, if we pick a bunch of Hebraic Jews, Jews of Hebrew descent, that may not look as great. That is not wise. Let's choose people from among the community that needs it the most. And they set out and they served. And in the outflow of that, again, many were added to their numbers who were being saved. And I love the tagline at the end of this. Even the priests, the people who were teaching Judaism, were now being saved. You see, that's what community looks like in action. When people are growing in Christ, when they're growing in relationship, when they care for each other and they're taking care of the serve, the, the, the being servants among themselves and then the servants outside themselves, to the rest of the world, God will be glorified. And that's what we try to do when we do community here. Especially in our community groups. All of our groups know that they are to grow, care, and serve. Grow, care, and serve. It gets hammered all the time. They see these different logos to help them remember it. But really, it's a calling for all of us in, in all of the things that we do as a church. It's not just converts. It's not just about ourselves. It's not people who just know things, though knowledge is great. It's not people who just do things, though doing things is great. But it's people who are well-balanced. People who have figured out that these things work together. They're symbiotic. They, they, they work best when they're working with each other. And so what I've done is we've gone through and we've asked a couple of our family members to, to share their stories of community with you. They're from all different backgrounds, different ages, and they're going to share their stories with you about what it looks like to be in community. Now, I'm just going to say this right out the, uh, from the start. Uh, John pointed out that there's a typo, so don't let that get into your, your head. It's in every video. It's like a poisoned apple. You take a clip and you drop it in there. A couple people go, Sean, do you really know how to spell? No, I don't. <laughs> and there's no spell check in my video thing. But I say to this, say this to say that, because I thought it was funny because someone, when they told me there was a typo, they go, but there's grace in community, Sean. <laughs> yeah, there is, because <laughs> I wanted to scream. But <clears throat> what I want you to see in these videos is real people with real stories about real community. The first one is about growing in relationships. You're going to get to hear from Allie and Ariana about what it looks like to be in community as you're growing with each other and getting to know each other. Uh, this is one of our life groups uh, from our youth department, uh, from our Gen Now Youth. They have life groups on Sunday, night, on Sunday nights, uh, and this is their story. best part is having someone there to talk to about anything I need to talk to about and just being able to rely on Allie and like the rest of my group to be there for me. I would agree. I think um, just the fact that our life group was together all throughout high school, um, your high school experience. So I came on board your sophomore year. Nettie has been on board from the beginning, but I think the fact that we were together all four of those years. Um, it's just there's something special about that connection that you get over the course of time and watching someone grow up, um, learning about them, just being able to encourage each other. 
one of the things when I was thinking about this was um, that's I think an underrated part of being part of this life group is the hugs. I mean, I think it's just so fun to walk into church on Sunday morning or Sunday night and know that I'm gonna get 500 hugs from different girls in the youth group um, or even seeing you guys out and around town, just knowing that I get that hug. There's something about that that's just really special. I don't know if all community groups are like that, but we're a huggy bunch and I loved, I loved that. I think just because, like I said, being together for three or four years, you have the opportunity to do a lot of fun things, even outside of Sunday nights. Um, like Ramsire Farms, yeah, what other things? We've had a lot of bonfires. bonfires. Yeah, just nights at people's houses, yeah. making cookies, doing different things like that, which I think are just good times to relax, get to know each other, not feel pressure. Even pressure of a church setting sometimes where people feel like they have to have the right answer or know something about the Bible. This is just hanging out and getting to know someone and who they are and I think that's been really special for our group. And for me personally, I think one thing that was really cool, um, uh, just on graduation Sunday, seeing one of our life group girls that we walked through life with for the last several years accept Christ. I mean, what's the ultimate goal of all of this? And it, we got to see that and be there and I think that was really that was amazing. One of the, a challenge for our group was we were kind of an eclectic group of people. Um, Ariana and I were talking about this in that there was different folks from different schools in our life group. Some were homeschooled, some were public schools, some were in, from different towns. So having that mix of people that wasn't necessarily a friend group outside of church, um, there were times where I thought, oh, maybe it would be easier if this was just a friend group that was, you know, traveling around all the time together. And then I thought, as I reflected, you know what? The fact that they weren't um, weren't going to school together and that type of thing, not all of them, um, is part of what made it really special. So, I mean, I think you guys can imagine high schoolers face a lot of challenges. I mean, I think we walked through a lot of hard things together as a group and learned from each other. Things like you know, just trying to achieve certain grades or get a scholarship or temptations that you face in high school or friendship challenges, sports injuries, I mean, long list. And there were some even some more um, family issues or challenging things that people dealt with, injuries, um, stuff that was hard for individual people at different times that I think we prayed about together, we talked about, I think, um, Sometimes those conversations happen one-on-one -on -one, and sometimes they happen in the, in the larger group, but I think we knew things about each other that maybe other people weren't aware of. And we knew that there was a safe place to come and get prayer or get truth from God's word or just encouragement or a hug. And I think that was something that I loved about our group, was just getting to a place where people were a little more vulnerable. And that's, it's hard to get there, but the fact that we were together for all those years, I think helped that very. I feel like the hardest thing about our group was how we were all from like different groups at school or different schools and like talking in that setting was kind of hard but we worked through it and that was part of how life grew. Yeah. I think it expands your worldview too when you hear from people who are you know maybe not in the same into the same things that you are. They think about things differently or they have a different perspective or their home life's different um, and I think that's where you grow or you gain an appreciation for people that are different from you. And that's one thing I really liked about our group is every single person in that room when we would have those conversations on Sunday night brought something different. And that was fun. Yeah. 
I've had the opportunity to watch Ali and Nettie lead throughout my four years of high school in this group, and it has really taught me like how to include people and get the conversation going, and just I loved watching them, how they work together, and the teamwork they had over our group. I just thought that was really cool, something I could learn from. If I had anything to say about being part of a community like this, I'd say that it's fun. Um, being able to spend time with these girls and Allie and Nettie has just been a fantastic part of my Sunday nights every week. And I just look forward to it, spending time and talking. Thinking about being part of a community, I think it can be intimidating if you've never done it. Um, if you've never stepped in to, to a Bible study or a community group or a youth group even, it can feel like a you can get in your head about it. And I think I would encourage people to push through that fear because um, while I think growing a community does require vulnerability, it requires you to share something of yourself, um, I think you can start slow. You can get to know other people first um, and, and slowly start to let them in more and more. Um, and I think it's rewarding simply, simply engaging with others and getting to know them too and finding a way to love them. Um, that's reward in and of itself. And, on top of that, there's reward in then sharing more of yourself, I think. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've loved about being part of youth group is just being able to share my experiences with you guys and then getting to know you on a deeper level. And just, I, I'm so glad I pushed through any fear I had about, oh, well, teenagers like me, or, you know, whatever, whatever fear it was that I had coming in, or do I have all the answers? Do I have enough answers to be a youth group leader? Do I know enough about the Bible? You know, we're all learning together. We all bring different experiences and wisdom, and I think the thing that I love about Freshwater too is there's vulnerability and humbleness from the top down. Um, and I think it makes it safe for you to walk into a community group or a life group or whatever and feel safe to be who you are and where you're at and have the doubts that you have or, or whatever that is. And so to me, it's just to push through the fear and step in and, and find out for yourself what it's like because it's super rewarding and fulfilling in a group like this. I'm Ariana Homan. And I'm Ellie Mosier, and this is how we live in community. So what we see there, in the first hour I got choked up when I saw my daughter. She's been gone for a month, serving at a camp, so I did better this hour. Um, what you saw there is you saw the start of community through relationships. And, and what that leads to is it leads to a space that, that you have trust, uh, where, where the facilitator, the leader, uh, the person who's just guiding the conversation has also earned the right to start talking into things, speaking into things of knowledge and truth. So the other aspect of GROW is learning more about how Jesus influences us now. How we can take the truths of what he taught, what he lived, and start putting that into place in our own lives. So though relationships are important, knowledge is important, but not just for knowledge's sake, but because it grows us deeper in our Christ-likeness and moves us. But all of our groups have an aspect of knowledge, of teaching, of learning something. And here's the Pons and the Lanos sharing a little bit about their group and what it looks like to grow deeper in Jesus. not just as individuals, obviously, and followers of Jesus and um, going to make disciples, but also for our marriage. He's at the center of our marriage, and we have two little girls, another one on the way, and we just want to make sure that we are raising them.
correctly, just that we set an example for them of who Jesus is, our relationship with Jesus, and that it's not stagnant, it's always growing, it's always flowing, it's always changing, you can always go deeper, you can always expand. So we just want to set an example, um, not just for our girls in our marriage, but also for friends, because we also have a lot of friends that do not know Jesus or follow Jesus. So we want them to see what we have and start questioning why we have it and how did they get there. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it, it is very important um, and it's, it's tough, you know, in a 90 minute segment uh, at church um, on Sunday to really get in and get deep um, and learn more about Christ. Um, so I, mean, I think that's why the community groups are, are really important. I think some of the cool things, some of the cool aha moments you see is that you don't get with church on Sunday mornings is now that you have a relationship with people, you go through a study and I, I can't tell you how many times I get calls from people during the week in our group or an email that they say, I just had a situation that was exactly like what we talked about. And I, I you know, wouldn't have noticed it, but now I did. And you know, I knew what to do, or I still don't know what to do. What should we do with it? We just talked about it. Um, one of the uh, guys in our group's an officer. And so I get texts early in the morning at times <laughs> about I'm sitting in my car obviously not doing enough work and uh, I just thought about this or this just happened and uh, it's it's an awesome opportunity to share and get into something that you learned that you wouldn't have uh, in a Sunday morning environment. It was probably the day after one of our uh, sessions um, I shot an email over um, to one of the people in our group Dave that's like hey, you know, just checking in, seeing how, how you're feeling about you know, some of the subjects and stuff that we're going through. Um, you know, this is something I was thinking about for a while, um, but I have these plans. There's, uh, there's an app that you can get, you can kind of walk through the Bible in roughly a year. And, um, you know, just said, hey, would you be like, hold me accountable to that? Would you be interested in doing that with me? And, um, you know, I mean, if you know Dave and you know me, we're, <laughs> we're really opposite kind of people. Like, he, he's the type of person who probably would have beat me up in high school. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of, I'm feeling, you know, what you're putting down. Um, and uh, we, we ended up, you know, walking through that for a year. Um, just uh, the, the, the way that the thing was designed, I could see when he was reading when he could see when I was reading. Um, you know, just walk through uh, an Old Testament, a New Testament, a, pro a proverb, and uh, a psalm each day. Yeah, definitely went really deep that year, and that's probably something that I wouldn't have, you know, just gone out and done all of my own. Leading in a group is interesting. So I come at it from a perspective of leading and kind of a teaching aspect. Um, so leading people into knowledge and leading people into kind of, you know, spiritual growth, but, uh, you know, more of the intellectual side. And with the community group, what you learn really quick is that that's a very small part of what leading really is. Um, so I come in and try to lead in a lesson every time we're together, but it, it's a small piece. The, the, the other part of leading is what Rachel does. So I think for me, what I've learned about myself and about leading others is that it really is about all of the other stuff. It's about those relationships. It's about that community. It's about checking in on each other and 
knowing when there's needs, um, and sometimes even before uh, those are you know brought to our attention, is is uh, knowing each other well and um, you know coordinating things, times for us to get together, outings, um, you know, just that time and that intentionality, and um, you know it, it really is is all of those things. And I find that there's there's probably more benefit to yourself individually learning to lead in a community group than there may be to the group as a whole because you've got to prepare yourself. You want to know the material you're getting ready to lead. You want to know where you stand on those things. And you grow so much as a leader when you lead a community group because you find out what you don't know. Um, and it's great because leading in a community group is a safe environment because you've built relationships. You have kind of this strong-knit bond that if you have questions on what you're leading, it's okay. You bring those questions as a leader and you can see where everybody else is. It gives you a chance to, you know, in a safe place, ask those questions that you may not ask anywhere else. You may think, I don't want people to know I don't know that, I don't have the answer to it. That's one of the great things about a community group and leading is you can find out more about yourself and then you find out more about others and, and you can have others. Even though you're the leader, you learn so much and you help, others help you grow um, as a leader. I think there's a matter of accountability. Mm -hmm. I think absolutely, as, as leaders and as participants, uh, you know, there, that's sometimes a scary word to be accountable to someone. But we've talked a little bit about that, and just that there's so much good that comes from that. And I think you do learn so much about yourself, um, and the opportunity within a community group to really practice your faith and really understand not only you know what you believe but why you believe it and to really think about that and process through that and, and again in a safe place where you can share that and and say I, I don't I don't really know you know am I a 10 on this one or am I not and what does that mean and and it's a it's a place that we process those things together I'd say, and, and don't let there be walls or barriers that keep you away. Don't think you've got to find a group that's just like you in your age, type of jobs, family situations. I mean, that's all great, but I mean, if you look across our group, we, we come from all different places, all different people, different jobs, different backgrounds. The great thing is when you come at it from a faith perspective, Jesus is the great equalizer in this whole thing. He comes in and he levels everything out. You find commonalities. You learn to love on people. You learn to grow together. And before you know it, you're so many years in and it's, you, yeah, you're a community group, but you're just a community that's been there together. It's, it's awesome. You just do it. It takes time too. So, um, yeah. you know, if somebody, <laughs> somebody gets in there and you, you go one time and it didn't work out, uh, give it, give it time. You know, it was a bit slow and, it takes time to just kind of grow organically, um, but it's definitely really worth it. Um, I mean, really, these are our best of friends, and um, and it's awesome to have to have that and to to do life together is is pretty amazing. We're the ponds, we're the Latos, and this is how we do community.
They were in the video. You couldn't see them, but you could hear them. It was funny. You didn't see the part that got edited out of Norm going up and going down into the basement going, hey, no train whistles. And then uh, uh, Tim got up at one point to take the, another treat out to Rookie. Uh, it didn't work. Um, so that's about community. You live in community, right? Um, it's, it's an amazing place to be, even with your kids. They, one of the things that they shared is their kids get to see this. Uh, and they're growing in that as well, which is awesome. The next one that, that we want to focus in on uh, is this idea of care. Um, care is so important in community. We see it in those scriptures that we read earlier, uh, and it's so important in a body like this, because here, here's the truth. You know, we have about 600 folks, almost 600 folks on a Sunday morning, uh, but the reality is that we have touches with almost 1,000. And, and to be completely honest and, and transparent, we as staff and elders and, 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 and pastors cannot possibly care for that many people. It's just truth. It's impossible to give you the care that, that you need on a daily basis. And if it isn't for community, then folks will fall through the cracks. If people aren't plugged into places like Bible studies, community groups, life groups with the youth, back here with the kids on Sunday mornings with our men and women study that meets in the first hour, senior groups, marriage groups, you go down the list then they might fall through the cracks. And it is our responsibility as a body of believers to get into those communities and also care for those around us and also be cared for. It's an amazing thing when I'll get a phone call or an email or a text going, hey, this just happened, but don't worry about it. We have it covered. Find out someone was on the way to the hospital. We've got it covered. Someone has a baby. The meal train is already done by the time we find out about it. Someone's hurting because of a relationship hurt or something like that. And folks are jumping into life with them. Because that's what community does. Community that is searching out and being more Christ-like will jump into life with folks. And we have a great picture of that here. Get to hear from the Dodsons and the Franks as they as a group have cared for each other. community group uh, over the last um, month or so with my surgery made sure that each and every one of us, that Gordy and I had meals. They would bring them every other night. They would, you know, come and fellowship with us. I got lovely cards and messages the, um, pretty much the whole time I was up. And, and Tom came to oh. the hospital with me while you were having your surgery. Well, that was for a couple surgeries. So he has been our go-to. He's always kind to come and sit with him. And then I came and sat with Judy when Tom had surgery. Well, um, like I told them, uh, it had been um, in other churches and none of this had been done. I, if I had surgery or if I had 
a child or whatever. I never heard or talked to anybody, but they made sure that I was well taken care of. And um, I finally knew what a church family felt like. It's changed my opinion of the main purpose of community groups. Because community groups, at first I looked at, uh, because we don't do adult Sunday school, I looked at them from, from the grow perspective, you know, of, of replacing an educational purpose. Um, our group's really blessed because we can we have people that we can rotate teaching to, but I've gone from that view to the view that the most important thing we do together is the care aspect. So we know um, the continual, with a short-term prayer request, the long-term prayer request, like Chris had a friend who's sick with cancer that was going to come to church last week. We all knew that in advance and we're all anxious to meet him because we've been praying for him for over a year and we were all disappointed, you know, when he couldn't make it because he was sick. So um, to me, the, the grow aspect is an important part, but it's not the primary function. To me, caring is the primary function of a community. Our group is so much fun together. We went to the Rubber Ducks game, we all got together, we all went to dinner, we went to the game, and we watched the fireworks and had a wonderful time. Um, we went uh, down to Portage Lakes and ate out, made sure during the summer that we even get together. So we care enough to see each other more than just for the Bible study. Well, I think that uh, by being, being caring for each other, we continue to reach out and bring other people into our caring situation. You know, uh, whether it be for the for, for the kids group or, or whatever. So I think uh, that our prayer, our prayer lives uh, include them as well as our social lives. And really, you can't care for the whole church. I mean, there are only so many people you could pour your life into. So I think being in a community group allows you to do that, one with each other. Yeah, we know a lot about each other and we, you know, we support each other whenever and whatever. So that, that's relationship. You know, it's a, uh, it's a safe place to have dangerous conversations because we're, we're all, uh, we all know pretty much everything about everything. It, it doesn't go out to the rest of the world. It's just, it, we, if we're praying for somebody, that's as far as it goes. We, we blab to God about it, and that's about it. Oh, do it. Just, you know, um, if you're worried about you know, meeting people for the first time, everybody's in the same boat and it's, it starts out slow, but it just ramps up and you've got, you've got your family. It's a family thing. Yep. You can't even know 600 other people, but you can love 12 mm -hmm. to 15 other people really well, so. You can. And we do. <laughs>
And we are loved by 12 other people. This is our group, and this is how we live in community. The final aspect of community uh, that we often push into is that idea of serve. We see it through the Bible as people step out and serve others. We, we see Christ as he served others. Um, we see the apostles in the early church as, as they live in community and serve others' needs, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental. <clears throat> we see that as that pours out. We saw that this past week as our community came together to serve uh, at Beulah on the Road and how that overflowed into our community. Almost 40% of the kids weren't our church kids. The same is true in our youth department, where kids who don't know uh, or aren't a part of our church are served by the community here. Service is a very important part. And in our groups, we ask them, especially in our community groups, to, to find a service project beyond themselves, outside the church, to do. And to also, as a body, uh, as a part of this body, to serve here, to find places, whether that's as a group or as an individual, but to give yourself away. Uh, And I'm going to invite up a couple of my friends right now. I'm going to invite up Susan Miller and Isaac Kaufman. Uh, They are part of our young adult group. I get to hang out with them on the regular, which is awesome. Um, I could ask all of our young adults to come up here. All of our young adults who are part of our group, look at you thinking ahead of me, um, have helped in some way serve in some ministry. Uh, The picnic wouldn't have happened without our young adults. Daddy-daughter date night, guys, wouldn't happen without our young adults. Um, there's another event that we do. So as a church, we go to Envision Cleveland and we serve up in inner city Cleveland. Well, we do that as a whole church, <clears throat> but while you guys are off serving uh, in many of the neighborhoods doing the things that, that need to be done, they actually get their own project that they lead. <laughs> look, you're getting a little note back that says they are muted. Yeah. So just making sure John's back there hitting the button. <clears throat> while you are serving in the neighborhoods, they actually get their own project that they lead, plan, and implement together. And this year, they were at the, the greenhouse property serving there. And so our young adults go, and they lock arms, and, and they do things like that pretty regularly. Like I said, I could get them all up here, but I actually meet with them pretty regular too, and if I had all of them up here, y'all wouldn't get out of here until dinner uh, because they're a chatty group, uh, which we often do over tacos. Um, <clears throat> so if you're a young adult and like tacos, even if you don't like people but like tacos, come on out. Um, we'll have a blast. Um, but I have asked them to, to answer a few questions like I did with all of our other community groups um, <clears throat> to, to just give you a picture of what it's like to serve. Well, you keep moving it. I can't read it. Um, danger of asking Isaac to come up. Um, <clears throat> Uh, But I asked them to answer just a few things about what it looks like to be in community and to serve. So uh, first thing, uh, why is it important to serve as a, let me unmute it. There, that one's unmuted. That one's good. You're good. Your fat fingers hitting stuff there, brother. All right. 
Why is it important to serve as a part of the young adult group? What is, what is, what is important about it? Why do we do it? Well, we're called to it, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we are called to it. Um, as I mentioned in first service in Galatians, there's a verse that talks about um, how we are all called to freedom as followers of Christ, but not to uh, use that freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather to serve each other humbly in love. And that's a, that's a huge part of serving. Also, um, it brings people together. Uh, it's a great way to get to know other people in the church or whatever uh, group you're serving with. Um, it's a big part of it, I think. Mm. And the influence that it shows other people. Yeah. The example. Yeah. So we have a little bit more time. I didn't ha- we didn't have time in the first hour for both of you to answer this question. But what, what are some... Uh, favorite memories from some of the things that we have done uh, as we've served together? <clears throat> All right. Um, well, I couldn't really nail down any specific event that took place. So the only thing I could come up with is really the people that I've gotten to know through serving with Envision. Um, like Joe and Cheryl Berider, I've gotten to know them better. And Kurt Schepler, I've gotten to know him a little better through serving in Envision. So that's, that's been one of the highlights for me. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Alrighty. I wasn't there, so I couldn't have approved of this action. So go ahead. Uh, OSHA had to turn their back. We were trimming <laughs> trees because the greenhouse is going up, and we don't want trees falling on it. So we had a backhoe there, and I had a 14-foot pole saw. So I stand up in the bucket. They lift me all the way up. I put the saw all the way up and start trimming the trees. <laughs> I was on vacation, so I couldn't participate this year, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? (laughs) You were, yeah, you guys were in charge, so that's what happened. So uh, here's the thing, this greenhouse is so important to the ministry of Envision. It provides fresh fruit and vegetables. They don't get that. These are wastelands when it comes to getting fresh food. And so Envision is doing this greenhouse. And though it's a funny story, it was necessary to do so that it wouldn't get destroyed by these these trees and these branches falling down. Um, One of the other things that I've watched them do, which is amazing, because they're doers, they, they just go at it. But it's fun watching them have conversations with the people that they're serving, the people who don't even... Yeah, they're, they're not asking for this oftentimes, but they're in the, the neighborhoods and, and helping uh, with families who, who don't know Jesus, who are really impoverished. And it's fun watching them have conversations with folks and, and do that. And it's always fun watching our young adults hang out with uh, the little girls on daddy-daughter date night. And, and, and oftentimes they're laughing at the dads as the dads are doing cutesy things, which is great. Um, but it, it's just really neat to watch them do these things. Um, let's, let's end with this one. Um, <clears throat> How has serving made the young adult group stronger? It's definitely brought us together. Um, we gotten to know each other better through serving at Envision and Daddy Daughter Date Night and like the picnic on Sunday last two two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, um, that was a lot of fun. We got to hang out and dress up and mess around and cause trouble. And it's you get to know people better that way, and you have you have a good time, mm-hmm. even if you're doing something like cleaning up the streets of Cleveland. You have a thought? I'm trying to think. (laughs) I have another thought if you... Go. Okay. Um, Another reason that it's important is it gives you people your age in similar walks of life. They might vary, but uh, other people your age who 
a safe place, a place to talk about worldviews and the Bible and kind of recharge during the week and be reminded of what's important. And yes, work is important, but people are important too. <laughs> and we need reminders of that a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. And not to work all the time. Yeah, these two are workaholics. They actually have a text group uh, that they text back and forth <laughs> with each other and uh, a lot of our young adults because uh, they do work our, yeah, they're Workaholics Anonymous text. So we have a lot of groups, a lot of things that go on in the life of our church. Uh, if you're interested in being a part of any of them, um, you are welcome. The, a lot of these things are going to be kicking off this fall. Uh, you're going to see a lot of sign-ups for Bible studies and events. Uh, our community group kiosk is out there. Um, if you are interested in being a part of a community, those are the, the community group. Those are folks who meet in groups of 12 to 8 off campus. Um, they do those three aspects to grow, care, serve together. Um, if you're interested, there's cards. Fill those out. There's a front and a back. Uh, over the next two weeks, we're collecting cards. And then if, if you've already filled one out or are going to, we'll be getting in contact with you uh, in a couple of weeks to start putting groups together. We're also still in need of folks who are willing to host and facilitate. So if you're interested, like Norm said, to, to do that and grow in that and know that, you know, it's, it's really not as scary as it might sound. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, 